You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast, the instant reaction pod here. Uh, normally, with a little peek behind the curtain here, normally we give ourselves a little bit of time. We'll watch the game. We'll text about it a bit. We'll rewatch the game Sunday morning, and then we'll record sometime Sunday. I'm traveling all day tomorrow. We don't have that luxury. We are recording about, what, 15 minutes after the game ended here? And holy hell, what a game it was. I got Scott with me here to recap what was a glorious afternoon down in South Florida. Scott, how we doing? Well, it's my birthday, and we just got the biggest win, I think, in Mel Tucker's tenure uh, so far. I mean, how could you not be psyched right now? Um yeah, I, we're, we're going to be super unstructured, so apologies in advance for that. We're probably going to bounce around a little bit. Like Kevin said, we haven't done any prep for this. We're just getting on and, and getting our thoughts down on, on the microphones. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this was, I guess, a close game for three quarters. And then I, I sent out a tweet with, like, eight minutes left. It was a seven-point game. I said, let's see if these guys can finish. And, uh, and they finished. We won by 21 um kevin you you reeled off like the the last few drives dude it's results in the game you pull up the drive chart here the start of from the start of the fourth quarter so we we finished the third quarter about three minutes left we punted it away to miami down or up 17 14 so up by three points miami starts the drive at the end of the third quarter they fumble on that drive to start the fourth quarter so that technically counts here. So the fourth quarter drive chart is as follows. Miami fumble, Michigan State touchdown, Miami field goal, Michigan State touchdown, Miami interception, Michigan State touchdown, end of game, 38-17. That is how you put away a team. It, I, w- I was mentioning this in the group chat. Like It feels like across the board, offense, defense, to a certain extent, even a little bit special teams, although they disappointed at times today. It just seems like these guys have a knack for making plays when we need it. You know, that big third down, the 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 touchdown there where, where we had the QB sneak with Thorne on fourth down and then hit that touchdown on the next play. It was just like everything we needed. Miami was just coming off that field goal drive and – 
oh my goodness, man. Yeah. The, these guys have some kind of clutch gene in them that every time we need to play offense, defense, they make the play. Yeah. I think a lot of that stems from Peyton Thorne's um, confidence and his composure. Uh, obviously a lot is, is said about quarterbacks and, you know, the fact that the team kind of draws from the energy of the quarterback and, you know, it's a lot has been said about the fact that this dude's hard to rattle. He's calm under pressure and he, the team, I think feeds off that, but yeah, before this game, I mean, things were good in Tucker town. Everybody was happy in East Lansing. We're two and zero. we're looking good. We've beat up on a couple of not so great teams. And uh, you know, there's a lot of confidence, but I was sitting here and I was, I was excited. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I liked what I saw. I thought we had a good team, but I was still sitting here. Like what's this team going to look like under pressure when things are stressed when things aren't going that well, when we don't know if we're going to win, when we don't have a double digit lead, when we're in a hostile environment, how's this team going to look when they have to deal with that kind of internal pressure? And they answered that today. I mean, Miami had all the momentum late in the third quarter. They had scored to put, make it a three point game. Uh, they got the ball back after a really ugly three and out for us. And right before that uh, drew Drew Beasley strip sack. I was sitting there and I was like, is this, is this the moment the tide turns, they come down the field, they take the lead for good. You know, is, is that the kind of team maybe, maybe MSU just isn't there yet. And that's, and there's no shame in that, but maybe that's, you know, the team that we were going to see. And it was exactly the opposite from that moment on um, whatever it was, mental, physical, technical, whatever, we just took over the game. And, and quite frankly, we just, crushed Miami's hopes. I mean, you could see it in their body language in the second half of the fourth quarter. They gave up. You know, it's funny. Like we were, t- we were kind of, I was, I was a little bit worried going down to South Florida, that heat, that humidity, you're going to have to rotate guys. You're going to test the depth by the fourth quarter. Are these guys still going to be able to, it was the opposite, man. Like as the game wore on, we were just punishing these guys. And, and by the fourth quarter, they didn't want any part of Kenneth Walker. They didn't want any part of this offensive line. Um, it, it, you would have thought that Michigan state was the home team by the way that we played by the weather, by the crowd. I mean, <laughs> that Miami crowd, uh, not really, I, I guess they don't really have much of a reputation of being like a big home field advantage, but they showed the, uh, what was it? The Taco Bell student section. There was like 28 people scattered <laughs> around this section. Like it, it really felt like Michigan state came in there, made that stadium home, made that weather feel like home, made everything theirs and just took that game away from Miami. And We'll talk about like a couple X's and O's things again. Like we, we haven't really gotten the chance to sit down and rewatch it. And I think that's where you start to really get a lot of the X's and O's type of stuff, because in the moment you're a bit more emotional, but man, it, we were just talking about this before we hit record, like how many teams out there are, are in a position that we're in right now where we've had three games, two of them against one big 10 team, one ACC team, power five teams on the road. You have the FCS home game in there, but we have taken care of business against everybody. We just beat the hell out of Northwestern in their place. And we're like, ah, okay, it's Northwestern. I, I don't know. Are they any good? I got, we'll see. We'll see how, what, the, what happens, right? Take down the FCS team. We beat them by a hundred and it's like, okay, 
yeah, that's exciting. But it's, it's an FCS team. I don't want to take too much away from it. And then we go down to Miami against a ranked team down in South Florida, and we beat the hell out of them. We win by two, three touchdowns, 38-17. Like, I have no idea what to do. It's like that, you know, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I just, I don't know what to do right now with this team. Like, I don't want to get too excited because I, I know where we're at in the life cycle of the new coaching staff, the new program, the, the turnover and everything. I know what year two of that life cycle should look like. It doesn't look like that, dude. And, and I'm starting to get like a head over my skis a little bit. And that worries me, but man, this team just all the, the, the commentators were talking about this too, man. Like every phase of the team, McElroy was mentioning, like this team can beat you in so many ways. The passing game is dynamic. Kenneth Walker is unbelievable. The defense is good. Uh, we could beat you in so many ways. And I'm, I feel like we're getting ahead of our skis, but is this a team worth doing that for? I don't know. Like their expectations have totally flipped on their head. Yeah, I mean, going into this season, I think we both had this as MSU's first loss in our season predictions, right? I know I did. Um, and it was one of those that I didn't put a whole lot of thought to. I was like, well, maybe it'll be close. Maybe we'll draw something from that, you know, build a little bit of confidence. But I think Miami's a little bit too, too strong. And granted, Miami has come out of the gates this season looking not nearly the team a lot of folks thought they'd be. Derek King certainly is. And I thought even though he had four turnovers in this game, that dude was the only one making plays for that team. Uh, consistently he played his guts out he was oh, yeah. beat up the whole game I mean that dude played with a lot of heart but he when just dove for have... that first down late in the game even though he had already gotten the first down by like two yards but yeah that's a tough dude uh hats off to him he played a hell of a game yeah but but yeah I mean as you were saying you know three wins two against power five it's not time to say we're going to win the big 10 championship uh but it is certainly time to say we can go into every game this season on our schedule with some hope, uh, some more than others, you know, Ohio state comes to mind, but um, outside of that at Ohio state game and maybe Penn state, I'm interested to see yeah, we'll how Penn see. state looks tonight. Right. Like we said, we're recording this right after the game. We don't know what happened in this Penn state Auburn game, but Ohio state as of right now is the only team that I'm walking into that game with no hope of winning uh, every other game. You could easily convince yourself. And again, we'll see with Penn state, they look like a hell of a team so far this season. Maybe by the time you're listening this, they just got blasted at home by Auburn. I don't know, but man, but yeah, it's, it's time to look at Michigan state as a top half of the big 10 East team. Again. Um, I think that's safe. I mean, Indiana, lost to Cincinnati we have seen that result um and it ended up not being too close I think they lost by a couple of touchdowns um Rutgers has looked okay but haven't really played anybody Maryland's looked good but haven't really played anybody so it, it's I mean the Big Ten's wide open right now and I think Mel Tucker's saying listen if the Big Ten's wide open I'm here to try to take it and that's exactly what this team's going to look at I mean they're 3-0 and 1-0 in the conference there's no reason they're coming into these games thinking you know maybe we'll need a little bit of chaos to make it happen but I think you start to get a little inkling of like, okay, well, if Ohio state's down a little bit this year and, and we have some gaps and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but 
these, like you said, these guys have a clutch gene. They make plays. There were times in this game when I was, I was really worried and we had our backs against the wall and we'd still ended up winning by 21 points against a ranked team on the road. So um, yeah, I I guess we can dive into the weeds a little bit here, but I am just, I'm so stoked. I want to, so we'll, we'll talk about the game here for a little bit. I, I want to start in a place that was a little bit contentious in our group chat. Uh, because I want to get your thoughts that we were on the opposite side of something while we were watching the game. So we know how it finished, but I, I'm sure a lot of fans were, as they're all listening to this, were in the exact same position as you and probably most people, to be honest. We were giving a lot of cushion to these wide receivers on the outside they were daring them to just make plays. So Derek King finished this game with 60 attempts, uh, 38 completions, 391 yards. Uh, you had Charleston Rambo with 12 catches, 156, two touchdowns. And I just, I'll, I'll give my thoughts here, uh, but I want to kind of give you the floor because it was a strategy that was really frustrating, I think, to watch where you have the DBs playing this off coverage, you're, you're lining up in press and then just bailing off the line of scrimmage because you're afraid of the big play deep. And they were just giving up those little hitches for five yards, 10 yards, 15 yards, 10 yards, 15 yards. It was really, it was, it was like the little paper cuts, right? Death by a million paper cuts. Um, but as you know, we know the final score, they had 17 points, but I, I want to set the table for you what what were you thinking during the game? What are your thoughts now that the game ended uh, on that strategy? Yeah, so you're right, and I'm not going to deny that I was I was pulling my hair out at times watching this defense. Um, I mean, it was it was pretty much between the twenties. Take it if you want it. Um, and for whatever reason, Miami would run the ball sometimes. Would look for other areas, and those those outside passes were open. Um, and I was frustrated because I felt like if there was a game where our offense was shut down more and we weren't scoring points, it'd be really hard to get off the field, um, and stop whoever we're playing and, and it may lead to losses, but to Scotty Hazleton's credit, they scored 17 points. Um, they had 400 and essentially 450 total yards of offense and scored 17 points. And they had a missed field goal and they had a drop touchdown granted, but still they, it was, they did not do well when the field shortened near our end zone. And I guess that's kind of what this defense is, is, you know, built on is, you know, don't make mistakes, prevent the big play. And when things get tight, when your back's against the wall, you know, that's when you buckle down and make your plays. And that's exactly what happened. And yeah, I mean, it worked. So I'm not going to sit here and, and complain about it. It worked. And if it continues to work, I'll be happy. Um, but in the moment it can be very frustrating because you want to see three and outs. You want to see stops. You want to see cornerbacks making plays on the ball, keeping the ball out of playmakers hands. And we weren't seeing that. So uh, I guess that's maybe a frustration that I just have to learn to live with. This is a new scheme for, you know, most of us. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, I guess the reality that we're in now and I'm going to have to get used to it. And if we keep winning, I'm sure I'll grow to love it. 
Yeah, for me, so I, I was in the group chat saying like, all right, everybody, it'll be okay. Because I, I could see what we were doing. And that doesn't mean that internally I wasn't screaming every time we gave up one of those plays. And I wasn't screaming every time we missed a tackle and they slipped one in for 15, 20 yards. It was frustrating, but you could see what we were doing because as a defensive coordinator, you know that you're going up against a college offensive coordinator who in Rhett Lashley, who is the former whiz kid, you know, putting up 50 points a game with these big explosive offenses. And you're going against an experienced college quarterback, but a college quarterback, you're going against college wide receivers. So you as a defensive coordinator in this position, you are daring them the offense between the wide receivers, the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, the offensive line to be number one, incredibly patient and just, okay, they're going to give me that. I'm going to take it. They're going to give me that. I'm going to take it. I'm not going to look for the deep ball. I'm not going to tuck it and run it. I'm going to take what the defense gives me every time. Something that college kids and whiz kid offensive coordinators are not known to, to do. And number two, you're asking them to be incredibly consistent and in making that throw every time, catching the ball every time, uh, breaking a tackle. And like you said, there was a couple drops. There was a couple times where they just abandoned it. And, and there was one play earlier. It was sometime in the second quarter. The, the broadcasters were highlighting it. Like there's a tight end here with nobody lining up. There was nobody within 15 yards of him. And the offense just, they ran the ball up the middle and it's like that sometimes, okay. I'm not saying it's a good scheme play to, to leave a tight end wide open off the line of scrimmage, but at the end of the day, the, the general philosophy is that you're going to have to, if, if your offense is going to score on us, you're going to trust your 20 year old kids to be patient and consistent. And at the end of the day, like you said, it's, incredibly frustrating especially once you start missing tackles because that's where this whole thing can fall apart and there was a stretch there in the second quarter into the third quarter a little bit where our dbs were missing tackles and that's when i started to get a little bit worried uh but at the end of the day like you said i mean hats off to scotty hazelton for ha trusting his system trusting his guys and hats off to the players for going out and executing there were a couple I don't just to name a couple of guys, Quaveris Crouch had an outstanding game. I think he just, you know, we said after the first game against Northwestern, like, I don't know, he's, he, he looked pretty good, but holiday was definitely the better player. And just game after game, he continues to impress more and more and continues to flash more and more. Quaveris Crouch had an outstanding game. Um, he was my kind of highlight guy. I wanted to mention on the defensive side of the ball, a um, couple other good performances. I don't know, Scott, did anybody else stand out to you on the defensive side? Yeah, I mean, the safeties had a phenomenal game. Angela Gross obviously had that great interception. Xavier Henderson had a couple um, big plays coming downhill to make the tackle near the line of scrimmage. Um, and the, the broadcasters were, were making a point for those guys as well. But just overall, I think the combination of our defensive line staying in their rush lanes, uh, Quaveris Crouch, who I think had more duties on the, on the quarterback, Derek King, than Cal Halliday did, um, and the safeties containing King. I mean, Derek King tried to run the ball. He had 12 attempts, and he had seven yards. 
Um, and obviously he's their most dynamic playmaker. Obviously he made some plays through the air. He had almost 400 yards through the air, but when he tucked it and ran, I mean, there was one cut in the backfield, two cuts in the backfield, another guy chasing him down the line of scrimmage and pushing him out of bounds. He had nothing and he's fast and he is hard to contain. And we've seen it against other teams and we did a phenomenal job. I'm sure it was a lot of scheming and making sure you maintain your leverage against him, but Sometimes he just makes plays despite all that. And he didn't with his legs today and he was beat up too. And I'm sure that played a factor, but uh, shout out to the entire, basically center of this defense. I thought they looked great. The pass rush drew Beasley had a great game. He was in his face all the time. He had a sack early. He had that strip sack uh, late that really turned the corner on the momentum for us. Uh, Jacob Panashuk had that fumble recovery and he was getting in his face quite a bit and they never really lost contain on him to the point that somebody else couldn't backfill. So yeah, just a phenomenal job containing their playmaker. They gashed us a couple times in certain areas, but as, at the end of the day, you kind of you kind of make decisions as a defensive coordinator of what you're willing to take more risks with and what you're not. And Scotty Hazelton, he took away the big play over the top and he took away Derek King's legs. And I think at the end of the day, that's why they only scored 17 points. So um, yeah, I mean the defense just a phenomenal job. Ben don't break worked to perfection today, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I we both thought Miami and Michigan State would hit their individual overs, which were both around 30 points today, and Miami didn't get close. So testament to the defense. Yeah, and offensively, <laughs> like I what what world are we living in here, man? Like we scored 38 points in the opener on the road against a Northwestern team that's always got a good defense. We scored 42 points in the home opener against an FCS team. And we go on the road to Miami and score 38. What's going on here? I mean, the, the traveling Kenneth Walker show showed up in South Florida, man, that kid, I, I, I'll hand up. I, I was wrong on him because not that I, I ever thought he was bad. And for you guys that have listened the whole off season, you know, that, that I thought he was a great player, but I said, ah, like, He's going to be really good, but let's pump the brakes a little bit. And we got a good core of running backs. And I think it's going to be a committee approach. No, 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 no. This is a three down workhorse. Give this guy the ball 25 plays a game because the things he does when he has the ball are just incredible. I mean, he, he breaks pursuit angles because he's faster than he, you think he is. He breaks like three tackles every time he touches the ball. I, you, when you watch him run the ball, you see him touch it and you look immediately in front of him and say, okay, that guy's coming in like one-on-one. He's obviously going to get past that guy. Like you just chalk it up in your head of like, okay, he's going to get past that guy. And then when the two defensive backs come down, then he'll kind of get tackled and fall forward even. But anytime you see a single tackler coming at him, they have no chance. Like it's, it's unbelievable. The things this guy does with the ball, feed him the rock. I, I wrote that down in my notes, like 10 different times this game. I was like, give the ball to Kenneth Walker more, give the ball to Kenneth Walker again. Just keep doing it. it it's unbelievable. Yeah. There, if there was one kind of uh, chink in the armor on offense today, I thought it was the offensive line's ability to uh, block the inside run. Um, but even still, 
there would be two, three guys in our offensive backfield and we'd get five yards because he would just in a phone booth, make two, three, four guys miss fall forward for another two yards. And instead of it being second and 13, it's second and five. And even those, I mean, obviously he had big runs, he'd get around the edge, he'd get 17 yards, whatever. But even those little ones, those five yard, those three yard carries that are actually seven, eight, nine yard swings made this game so much more manageable for the offensive coordinator, for Peyton Thorne. Um, and speaking of Peyton Thorne, um, listen, maybe not the player of the game, 1831, 261, but four touchdowns, still a great game. But what I was really impressed with we would run the play action. And I was a little worried going to this game. I was like, okay, play action. They love to blitz. He's going to have his back turned to the defense. Is he going to get turned around and just get demolished coming out of these play action fakes? And early it happened a couple of times. First quarter, he got sacked a couple of drives, drive killers, punt the ball. And I was like, geez, we are not handling this blitz. Well, but a couple of things, one credit to Jay Johnson because he turned the page on his playbook and he did exactly what he needed to do to neutralize those blitzes. And two, credit to Peyton Thorne because he would turn around out of those play actions in the second, third, fourth quarter. And I don't I don't know how he had enough time to find his wide receiver, but the the first Jalen Naylor touchdown on the right side, he turned around and just flipped the ball before I, I doubt he even saw Jalen Naylor. I think he probably just trusted he was there. And it was on the spot every time. And he did that with screen passes. He did that with swing passes over and over. This dude is just unflappable. And he'll take a hit too. He showed it a few times today. He'll stand in there. He's like, I'm about to get crushed. But he puts the ball on the money. He takes his hit for the guys, and, and he makes the play. And I was just – I was so impressed. Yeah, you can tell he really understands the system, and he really understands what Jay Johnson wants to do. And the the cohesion between those two is, is really, really good to see. Um, yeah, Thorne, I thought, had a really good game just – comfortable, composed, you know, all those buzzwords, but it, it really was true. Like you said, there were the amount of times that he had a dude right in his face and he just, he trusted his guy was going to be there. He made the throw and I, I wrote down, you know, that there was uh there was a bit of miscommunication a couple times with Naylor. There was the, the play early that Naylor broke off his route and, it should have been a pick. I mean, the dude dropped it this back in the first first quarter. I think there was a deep ball that they just missed by 10 miles. I think he thought Naylor was going to keep going up the seam. He kind of cut it into a post. And then I, I wrote down that fourth quarter touchdown. I was like, well, that's a great time to, you know, find your connection between those two. But again, you, you credit Jay Johnson. Like I, I wrote down, it was just, okay. There's something going on here between Thorne and Naylor, and and we're, we're not getting this connection, but Naylor needs to be a part of this game plan. So what they do, got him into some bubble screen stuff, got him into a couple plays where you're just getting the ball out quick. They had just like a little quick out to the sideline. He he took that one. A few, like, just get the ball to the playmakers. And that's what was so aggravating at times for the last few years because there seemed to be just this archaic scheme and the players were going to run the scheme and I don't care if I have an NFL pick on at, at this wide receiver position or if I have a you know future grocery bagger at this wide re wide receiver position we're going to do the same thing because that's what my scheme tells me to do 
And it seems like Jay Johnson has done a really, really good job of adjusting his offense to the personnel that he has. And he has Jalen Naylor. He has Jaden Reed. He has Kenneth Walker. He says, all right, I'm going to give these three guys the ball a million times until they break this game open, because I know it's only a matter of time before they do. And, and he's done an outstanding job. Yeah. I think one of the most important things here, uh, we said it in the, in the preview for this game uh, that Tyreek Stevenson, their number one cornerback on Miami, uh, he can shut down a wide receiver. And he did for the most part, Jaden Reed, most of this game was pretty quiet. I know he made a couple plays. He had a couple of touchdowns and it's, Hard to say, you know, he shut him down with a couple touchdowns. But as far as Jaden Reed goes and what we've seen so far, it was a pretty quiet game from him. That Tyreek Stevenson did a great job. But this team is turning into the kind of team that can beat you, like you said, a lot of different ways. And they have a lot of different weapons. And the offensive line, sure, they've showed a couple holes here and there. Maybe they don't get the push they want all the time. But they're holding up well enough to give these playmakers time and space to, uh, to make those plays. And that's really hard to game plan. I mean, if you're an offensive coordinator, you're watching your film come into the MSU week, you know, and you're okay, what are we going to take away? Well, we'll take away Jaden Reed. Well, but you got to worry about Kenneth Walker. Okay. We'll, we'll key on Kenneth Walker, but you got Jalen Naylor running over the top. So you need safety help over the top. I mean, there's just so many different areas on this offense. You have to key on and everybody on the defense has to play very well to stop this team. And you could see Miami kind of reaching and grasping at different kind of strategies to slow us down. And it might take a drive or a drive and a half for us to adjust and realize kind of the adjustments they were making. But every time we'd stay a step ahead and we'd find something else that was working and, and just hit them with another gut punch. And, uh, and sometimes it really wasn't working and the defense came up with a big play, whether it's an interception, you know, a sack fumble or just a big stop or stopping them for a field goal. Um, just an incredible team win obviously forcing four turnovers is something that Mel Tucker's going to love I'm sure he's going to complain about the penalties I thought the refs were were way too handsy with their flags today uh, but it went both ways to their credit so um, yeah I just I'm psyched to watch this team continue through this year Bryce Berenger shout out to the specialists he had a phenomenal game five punts for a total of like almost 300 yards that the one he had kids got it was like a poop, fair catch man. Yeah, they, we stopped it. We downed it on like the five-yard line. I think it was his second punt, but we had a penalty, backed him up another five yards, and he punted it from like the 20-yard line and put it into the end zone. And I don't know if there was wind in there or what, but regardless, dude has a leg. Uh, hopefully we won't need to use him too much because we're scoring, but if we do, he, uh, yeah, he looks like the real deal. I mean, this team is exciting. I think Miami – while they may not be as strong as they people thought at the beginning beginning of the year, they're certainly a strong enough measuring stick to look at this game and be really, really excited uh, for the rest of this season. All right, last last thing before we wrap this thing up, we got a lot of college football to to tend to here. I'm looking around at the scores. It looks like there's going to be some chaos here today. Um, I was going to do the crazy hyperbole, but I'll do some somewhat realistic hyperbole because I think this guy deserves a lot of praise and rightfully so after the performance he's had through three weeks and he's had a hell of a story through his time in East Lansing. Connor Hayward, top five tight end in the conference? Uh, 
I don't even know how to evaluate that because he's not even like a traditional, they're using him more than a traditional tight end would in very unique ways. I mean, his blocking on the outside has been incredible. The last touchdown we had where Jaden Reed got the, uh, the jet sweep, it was actually a short side jet sweep that worked. So Mark Antonio's career is rolling over in its grave, but um, he got out there and blocked two guys back to back and sealed the edge for Jaden Reed to turn the corner at the pylon. He has finally found his home and you can tell he loves it. Every time he makes a play, he's jumping around. He's, he just loses his mind. And you can tell it's a weight off his shoulders to just go out there and play ball. And, uh, and I love to see it. I mean, I, I was as critical of him as anyone the last couple of years, but seeing him find that niche that really works for him and he's really making this team better. It's, I mean, it's just another reason to love this team, love what Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson are doing and uh, hopefully it continues. All right, Ben, well, we're, we're putting this up here on Sunday. You know, we figure we recorded early. We might as well put it up for you early. So anybody that's listening before the NFL action or whatever, um, hope you enjoyed the the early recap here. We'll we'll get a chance to sit down and rewatch this game and maybe have some better thoughts for you. I'll be traveling. I'll I'll be back actually at my parents' place for the next couple of weeks. So um, we'll have the podcast still. I'm not bringing my microphone with me, so I'll have like the Apple headphones and the audio won't be great from my side. But we we'll, we're doing the best we can here. We're just looking really quick. I mean, man, if if. Uh, you look at the AP poll. I mean, one of the and Lu, Luna, my dog, is fired up about the possibilities that this team can go into the top twenty. So, I think that's a good time to wrap it as my dog goes crazy. Let's get out of here. Go green. Go white. Take care, folks. <laughs>